When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and we're here with a Cosmic Queries edition. We love me some Cosmic Queries. Ain't that right, Chuck? Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's good. You you collect all the cosmic queries, and I don't know if you bring them to stump our guests or what. You know, do you filter them, or are they just randomly plucked from the? Uh, from the they ether? they they are actually taken by a randomizer, so I can't <laughs> I cannot take credit for pulling them. Which means that uh, please don't send me your questions personally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Chuck, today's cosmic queries, we're going to explore the Perseverance rover. Yes. Of NASA. Yes. Which uh, this month, we're recording this in February, uh, lands in February. And wow. it was launched, you know, nine months ago, 10 months ago. And so, but I don't have particular expert. I know about a little bit something about Mars, but not specifically about Perseverance. And I think you don't know about either, right? <laughs> so, Absolutely. So we have well, to no, bring I, I know about Curiosity. <laughs> And I'm oh, not talking. Oh, okay. And I'm not talking about a lander. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we've got our friend at NASA, NASA headquarters, Jim Green. Jim, welcome back to wow. Star. Thank Talk. you so much, Neil and Chuck. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to yeah. see you. And, and I was looking at I was looking at your full bio, and I'd forgotten. I mean, I remember, but I forgot that you used to be head of planetary science for NASA, but now you're head of like. All astrophysics. <laughs> well, wow. I'm just that's a, badass. Yeah, a, I'm just the chief scientist. So, uh, oh, excuse me, chief, not just not just astrophysics, chief, chief scientist. scientist, right? That's Defying true. all categories. Yes, yeah, that's true. So, that's that's badass. I'm just saying. That's good. yeah. I've that, enjoyed that. I mean, it, it, it's really all about uh, advising the administrator on. Uh, new science activities and and wonderful things that are going on in the agency. That's very and the cool. fact that you came to it as a planetary guy means you have good sort of geology sense as well. So, and if you did planets, it meant you had some good astronomy in there. So you've got a, enough of a diverse background to serve the scientific portfolio of NASA. Is that a fair statement? That is, that is. Uh, you know, I've got an undergraduate degree in astronomy, uh, you know, in fact, I just finished my first exoplanet paper. Nice. You know, I've, uh, you know, I've been involved in a lot of planetary uh, uh, magnetospheres and, and done some solar physics. So I've touched on heliophysics. And, uh, of course, one of my favorite planets is the Earth. That's a good choice. <laughs> so this is a Cosmic Queries. But before we get to questions that people have uh, sent our way on Perseverance, just remind us, uh, why is this yet another rover to Mars? I mean, how many damn rovers are we going to send? <laughs> what, what did you not learn last time that you're going to pick up this time? Well, of course, with Curiosity, we learned that Mars was really uh, quite diverse than what it is today in its past. We explored the past of Mars. We found out that Mars, four billion years ago, had an enormous amount of water. And the conditions were such that it could have been habitable. We really didn't know that. And now we're going to push the next step on that, and that is to go to an area and look for ancient life. And that's what Perseverance wow. is going to Ooh. do. Okay, wow. so each rover mission stands on the shoulders of the previous mission in the questions that it gets to ask. Absolutely. That's the way it works. Nice. And 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 okay. you have to send a whole new vehicle to do that. Well, it turns out, of course, uh, uh, Spirit and Opportunity looked so much different than what Curiosity does. But at the end of uh, uh, Curiosity's uh, building, we had 
many spare parts. And so uh, I think we had like $200 million worth of spare parts left over from Curiosity. It's like an Ikea of furniture. <laughs> no, that's if you don't know well, how to build it. Well, you have spare parts. Wait, wait, Jim, Jim no. What are you telling me? You make yes, a, a, yes. a, a single object, a single thing called Curiosity, and you're telling me they're leftover parts? This isn't some Heath kit that you bought from Radio Shack. This is... This, so what do you mean you have leftover parts? Well, we have duplicate parts. Oh, so when, when, when we I'm buy... I'm trying to picture... Wait, I'm trying to picture the engineers, All you know, I got an extra around. bolt. It's like this. All right, well, so what are we going to do with this? What, <laughs> guys? Does it fit here? Guys? No. Yeah, take it. Any suggestions, guys, on this? What? <laughs> well, I'm sorry to interrupt. Every Go one on. of our missions, yeah, no problem. For every one of our missions, we want to be able, indeed, to have spare parts around or extra parts such that if there's a failure, we can immediately bring in the new part and not worry about ordering or supplies. Makes sense. So uh, it's, it's a real critical, real critical uh, thinking. It's a necessary redundancy. Indeed. Wow. Okay. You got me there. Okay. I'll let you slide on that one. But that's the last time I'm letting you slide. <laughs> so, and, and tell me, you want, you're going up there with a helicopter. So what's up with that? So one of the elements, one of the important elements of this mission is actually enabling the future. And to do that, we're going to push the envelope on our understanding of getting around on Mars. And a helicopter is really a unique idea to do that. You know, so this is what we call a technology demonstration. You know, we're going to be able to hopefully uh, drop this helicopter off the belly pan of the, of the rover, drive away, let it unfurl, and then order it to start flying. And we'll do a variety of tests. And it will go up and then come down, and then we'll go up and translate and then come down. So translate you know, means it, it will just go horizontally when you say translate uh, yes. in its position. Correct. Okay, so Chuck, you know what this would look like if a cartoonist drew this? It, the, the Martians would be watching this, and the rover drops the helicopter out of its belly, and it thinks it was pregnant. Right. <laughs> and gave birth to it's a It's like, guys, we're, we're babysitting <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so so now I'll ask both of you then, what kind of helicopter, if I'm not mistaken, Mars has a different atmosphere than Earth, so wouldn't we have to have a different helicopter? Indeed, indeed. So it's drone-like in many ways. You know, it has a small body, but it, but it has very long, uh, 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 you know, rotors, and they're about a meter, you know, about a yardstick wow. long, okay? And there's two of them. And they counter-rotate. And that enables this small uh, helicopter, which is, uh, you know, uh, a, a box like a CubeSat. You know, it's, a, it's about uh, 10 or 12 centimeters by uh, 10 or 12 centimeters in a cube. Uh, that enables this then to be lofted and fly uh, great distances, you know, 50, 60, 70 meters before it sets down again. So, but the real problem is the Martian atmosphere is really thin. So you have to compensate by having bigger rotors. Is that that's, that's the solution right. here? And the counter rotation helps the stability so that we don't need a rotor on the tail. So it's a, a design feature. Okay. Now, if you can imagine this working, then the next set of missions could indeed leverage this concept and lay down additional helicopters to then survey massive regions up close uh, on the surface of Mars. So it's a what we'd call a, an enabling uh, uh, technology demonstration for future missions. Beautiful. Beautiful. Cool. All right. Well, let's, why don't we get to some Q&A here? And... All right. Uh, oh, oh, and one last thing. is This is landing on Mars the same way uh, Curiosity did? It does. It does. So, it, so goes, it's, it's, it looked very Rube Goldbergian, you know, with a drogue chute and retro rocket and this. And, and who came up with that? Well, the JPL engineers, there are some really fantastic... Jet Propulsion uh, Labs. Yeah, jet okay. Propulsion uh -huh. Lab engineers. 
fantastic people that had a long experience in landing craft on Mars. And the whole concept evolved. You know, we, we started with uh, Pathfinder, and uh, uh, Pathfinder is a platform for which the Sojourner rover rode on. We landed that, and, the, and then the Sojourner rover came off the platform. And then we had Spirit and Wait, wait, you didn't land that one. You bounced that one, if I remember we correctly. We bounced it. We bounced it. <laughs> you bounced it with some airbags. We did. Yeah. Uh-huh. We did. And we used that same uh-huh. concept for Spirit and Opportunity. You know, spirit and opportunity, and and you know they bounced, of course, and then when we deflated the bags, the rover sits upright on a platform and then drives. I off just the loved platform. how I loved how low tech it was for something to do something high tech afterwards. I I, I just I, I, I'm going to say it. Yeah, there's something really genius about using a hoppity hop <laughs> to draft to 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 land a sophisticated. Piece of space machinery. That's incredible. Well, you know, for Spirit and Opportunity, we believe it bounced perhaps as much as 30 times before it actually settled down on the surface where we could deflate the bags and then move it off the platform. So Mm -hmm. imagine this now. Now we're going to build a bigger rover. Okay, Spirit and Opportunity are less than 200 kilograms. Okay, and now we're going to do one metric ton, okay? So 2,000 kilograms, 1,000 kilograms. 1,000 kilograms, five times what Spirit and Opportunity were, okay? So the concept is, well, we start out with a platform. Can we put it on a platform and then figure out how to land the platform? The problem was the center of gravity was too high. So if it's on the platform, it's going to flip over. So now we can't land it on the platform. You don't platform. want that. Don't, you want, don't that. want that. I can tell that right now. Okay. So then the next evolution in thinking is, okay, let's put the platform on top of the rover. All right? And that gives it retro rockets all the way down to the surface and you land it. Then the problem is, how do you get the platform off the rover? <laughs> so then the unique idea is let's hover it and lower the rover down to the surface while the platform is hovering at about 20 meters. So you're lowering it like with a joist or something, right? Well, Some kind yes, of joist. It, that's system. called the sky crane. Sky crane. The sky okay. crane. Yeah, yeah, the sky crane. And when you think about uh-huh. that, that's a process we do here on Earth with helicopters every day, dropping off cargo, uh-huh. picking them up going through that process. So why couldn't we engineer that for a Mars mission? Excellent. Excellent. So it's so it's brilliant to know. I mean, engineers, this, they live for this, right? Yeah. They yeah. know what has worked in one application and they right. modify it, add to it. No, that's I love it. I love it. So, so Chuck, what kind of questions do you have? Hey, let's jump into it. Um, we'll start with Leslie Murray. By the way, let me just say, uh, Jim, people love NASA. Okay. <laughs> like you guys, you guys need to take a little bit more advantage mm. of the public goodwill that you uh, enjoy and get more money because people. Not only domestically, love but internationally. NASA. Internationally as well. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, there's people are so excited here. It's great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is Leslie Murray. And is this from Patreon? Jim Green. Patreon question. Um, Leslie does not say. Oh. Actually, Patreon. There yes, you sir. Go. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Patreon folk. Uh, these are Patreon. Uh, these are Patreon folk first, and uh, as we say, um, we uh, certainly enjoy anyone who supports us on Patreon uh, because we certainly enjoy. Uh, Money. So thank you. Um, Chuck. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being honest. Please forgive Chuck. He's still in training for in this process. I Listen, I'm sorry. I don't know how to diplomatically say thank you for giving us money. It's very hard for me to figure out the proper yeah, way to we'll say that. In, in, but in, 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 we'll debrief you after the show. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So, so what's that first question? All right. This is Leslie Murray. Uh, Patreon, she says this, um, Jim Green, very excited to ask you, if you could have added just one more instrument to the rover, what would have, what would it have been? I love that question. I, I like, and then she says this, like every rover, 
I'm sure this one was on a weight loss plan. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, uh, I, I have to tell you, of course, I was head of planetary. We'd landed uh, Curiosity. That worked great. And, and we began the concept of, well, it, we, need to, we need to bring back samples. We need to go and get the rock samples that tell the history of Mars. And we need to bring them back. And, and that, that was the thrust of what Perseverance is going to do and, and how we were able to convince NASA and the administration and then Congress to support this next move. So the instrument I wanted that I dearly would have loved to have on it, I actually got it on. <laughs> and that is an audio instrument. You know, we've, we've never landed on Mars and listened, you know, to, to the wind, to what we can hear. And so uh, we now have two microphones uh, on on, uh, on. Okay, when you said audio nice. instrument, you meant microphone. I know. I meant a microphone. Yeah, because <laughs> I got to tell you, Jim, when you said audio instrument, I was like, what a waste of money. <laughs> you sent a radio to Mars? <laughs> Who? What, why not put some cup holders on it? Who is listening? <laughs> Who is listening to whatever? <laughs> but no, yeah, exactly. But no, the microphones, that's. That's okay, so cool. it adds another dimension to our senses. It does. For what we oh, think of and God. feel about Mars. Very good. Okay. So, oh my God. So when when this thing lands and you deploy these microphones, you're we're we're going to be able to like go to NASA uh, uh, and and listen to what Mars actually yes. sounds like? But even before I guess the we dust land, storms and things. Oh even before we land, we're going to turn on one of the microphones during the landing process. Oh my God. So we will mm. hear what's going on inside the capsule as it hits the top of the atmosphere and, and the in huge temperature variation just outside the heat shield is going on as it's burning away the material on the, on the heat shield and then the sky crane all the way down to the surface. So we turn it on mm. right away. Okay, now, uh, since I've been Zooming for 11 months now, I just want to make sure, do you have a mute button? Because <laughs> that can be problematic. <laughs> well, um, not that I'm aware of. We do have an on and off button. But, okay, uh, good. Uh, our hope is that everything will survive intact and we'll be able to use this engineering microphone as it moves. And the reason why that's so important, what we found out with Curiosity is as it went over some rough terrain, the rocks were literally breaking the aluminum uh, uh, wheels, you know, poking through them. And so uh, the engineering microphone is designed to hear the creaking and the cracking and the moving. And then that's an element of the diagnostic of the environment that we're in that helps manage the rover and its assets to keep it going. This is that, that old story, you take your car into the shop and they ask you, well, what's wrong with it? And you say, well, it's making this sound and, and it goes like, like. There's the acoustic diagnostics it, 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 In this case, on. we'll be able to play it. <laughs> play it back. Uh, just before wow. we go to break, um, is the carbon dioxide atmosphere such that frequencies will come across differently in the sound? Yeah, um, really good what point. So, will you have to shift it to like an Earth spectrum of audio so we'll actually know what's going on? Or are we just going to enjoy um, the higher or lower frequencies commensurate with the Well, mixture? it'll be lower, you know, so turn up your bass. Uh, you know, the, the atmosphere is heavier in, you know, carbon CO2 is uh, heavier than oxygen and nitrogen. And, of course, as uh, we talked about, it's a much thinner atmosphere. So sounds that we would normally hear as high pitch will be very low. You know, it will be ba base uh, level. And, of course, we once we have that data, we can change the range and enhance it. But I think it will be absolutely fascinating to hear the real sounds of Mars based on the, the atmospheric composition and the pressure. I think it would be more fascinating if you turn the microphone on and you heard, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Radio Mars. <laughs> 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. It'll be. Wait, wait. <laughs> and now, this is the Martian version of Barry White. And then it's a frequency so low you can't even hear the frequency. <laughs> it, it, right. <laughs> so we take a quick break. We're going to come back with Jim Green, chief scientist of NASA. We're talking about the Perseverance rover on Star Talk. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. I'm Joel Cherico, and I make pottery. You can see my pottery on my website, CosmicMugs.com. Cosmic Mugs, art that lets you taste the universe every day. And I support Star Talk on Patreon. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're back. Star Talk Cosmic Queries, Mars Perseverance Edition. I got Chief Scientist James Green, Jim. Just welcome back to Star Talk. It's always great to know you're there for us. And uh, and uh, NASA has a huge social media presence. Uh, I think your biggest handle there is just at NASA, right? Yeah, it you is. Got a, yeah. a squillion followers on at NASA, not sure. only in in Twitter, but in especially in Instagram, where you're knocking it out of the park every time you put out something on the universe. Just congratulations to to all of you for creating those images and the social media team for for navigating them in ways that the public can embrace. This really, to me, shows that the public is very inquisitive. I mean, it's, a, it's an element of our nature to, to really try to see and, and un, uncover new phenomena and new regions and take new views of, our, of the universe we live in. Not to mention, seek out new life and new civilizations. <laughs> and- <laughs> he left out that part. Yeah, thanks for continuing. <laughs> To and boldly to go. Boldly go. <laughs> yeah, where no human has gone before. There you go. <laughs> so, Jim, not only does NASA have their handles, social media handles, but you have a podcast with the greatest name ever, Gravity Assist. Very cool. What kind of guests do you have on there? Oh, Neil, I have uh, some of the fabulous working scientists that are uncovering some of the secrets of the universe that you know really won't end up in textbooks for many years, and it's a so, so Chuck he's compiling the secrets of the universe. I am not telling I anybody. Am. Indeed, okay, indeed. that's what that is. So I just ended my fourth season, and uh, uh-huh. the podcast is called Gravity Assist. Can't lose with that. Okay, good 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 luck with that. Good luck with that. So let's let's move on. All right, this is Nathan Nathan Hui Nathan Hui says, uh, "Will there be any live footage?" 
capturing the Perseverance's exciting landing and maneuvers? And if so, how will it be recorded and how can we watch? Thank you and good luck, Nathan. Well, mm. you know, it's kind of cool because how do you, you know, where, how, like, I, yeah, how do you record the thing that you're in unless you have some, something else recording it? Yeah, camera out on a boom or something. So what are you yeah. doing there? Yeah, right. So what, what, what of course, happens is uh, uh, we'll begin to unfurl a variety of things. So, and one of the first things that will come up will be our major camera. And this is as tall as a human is. In fact, if I stood next to uh, Perseverance, uh, I, would, I, would, I would just be looking into the camera lenses that are on the mast. This gives us a wonderful opportunity to view the area as a human would. But okay, but that's after you've landed. That's after you've landed. But yeah, you got nothing that's for after us. You, landed. you got you got nothing yeah, for us so while you're plunging through the atmosphere. We do. We have a whole series of cameras in many different locations, and so what we will see is we'll see the the sh the parachute deploy. We'll see that. We'll also see the heat shield drop away, and the ground below us come up rapidly. And then we'll see uh, that view of the ground as we land it with the sky print. Cool. Sweet. Well, that is cool. That is, I mean, this is this is really going to be an exciting thing to... to oh, to, one other thing, of course, uh, Mars is many, many light minutes away. So yes. if we watch this, what we think of as live is really delayed by how much? Well, uh, light travels you know, an enormous speed, but it's still going to take uh, close to eight to 10 minutes uh, before we actually get the signal. Damn, so Mars is like 100 million miles away. Damn, when this is happening. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, ways, it's a ways away. So the whole thing could have just exploded and busted up on landing, and then we will just sit there and think everything is fine for another eight minutes. Indeed. <laughs> we, won't, okay. we won't have we, we won't have any knowledge of that, and so that's you know what you're bringing up is a perfect point. Everything has to work the first time perfectly, and we can't joystick it. We can't make any mods. And when it hits the top of the atmosphere, it is on its own. Mm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. All right. Again, a shout out to the engineers who made that work. Okay, Chuck, give me some more. Here we go. Uh, Neil, Chuck, Jim. My name is Violetta. I am 12 and a half years old, and I have a very important... 12 and a half. Make sure you got that half. half in there. Absolutely. That's important. Right. I've, I am still using uh, halves and quarter years. Um, what is your advice for the next generation of NASA scientists in regards to space exploration? What should we study and dream of now if we expect to one day be the first generation that travels to Mars. This is a 12 Ooh. and a half year old asking okay, this. Cool. So that's cool. really, uh, that's really cool. Well, it's really all about following your passion. Uh, get involved in an element, whether it's engineering or some aspect of the science and just immerse yourself, enjoy it and let it lead you to these different opportunities. Whether it's an opportunity to work in a company or industry or laboratory that are involved in building instruments uh, or, or in one of the NASA centers, you know, and even getting involved in, in building space vehicles for humans. And just to be clear, uh, NASA, NASA collaborates with companies like Lockheed Martin and Boeing and, and other places to build Spacecraft. So NASA doesn't build all their own spacecraft and space probes, correct. correct? Right. 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 For Perseverance and, of course, the Ingenuity, Ingenuity helicopter, we built those. NASA did build both of those. But it required instruments to be built by many different groups and universities. Okay, so what that means is what we think of as NASA's budget goes not only to NASA, but to innovative corporate companies engineering companies that also do work in the service of NASA. So they would get a paycheck that's not signed by NASA, but signed by their own company. But ultimately, it came from all of us 
supporting that enterprise. Is that, did indeed, I capture that indeed. accurately? Yes, you did. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. So what you're saying, Jim, is that it's one thing to say, oh, they're doing this now. Let me train so I can do that when I'm their age. That's one thing. Another thing is, I am so passionate about this thing, whatever it is, maybe it's my passion that will create an opportunity that doesn't even exist there today. Yes, indeed. That is really the case. You know, we, okay, we, so to I just want to make it clear. And, yeah, to dream big and then follow your passion, follow your dream. And then maybe other people will be the path to the door of your passion, and then you'll be the leader, the next leader of the science at NASA. That's right. And, and have a badass business card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chuck, keep it coming. All right, here we go. This is Toby Sonnenberg, who says, Hey, Neil and Jim, how can NASA predict which rocks may hold signs of an ancient biochemistry if that biochemistry is completely alien to us? I, I think, yeah. That, that, yeah. There may be some assumptions being made in that question, but still, yeah. No, no, no they're, 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 they're excellent assumptions. So, Jim, yes. if, you, if we're looking for life as we know it, are you going to miss life as we don't know as it? As we don't. Wow. Uh, indeed, we don't want to just look for life as we know it. We need to be open-minded. And that requires getting the samples back. The ancient history of Mars is in that rock record. And we're going to, uh, you know, create a... So, so it's a core is like basically a cylinder that you extract from the object, and then you have the full record of layering within it. That's right. So somewhere in, in this time history, life may have arisen on Mars, all right? So now we have to bring this back because we can't in, in any way interrogate this sample on the surface of Mars. Where were you on the night of July 10th? <laughs> <laughs> So, and, you can't use so the word we, interrogate in front of black people. They have a whole other yeah, understanding okay, of that word. Okay? I, 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 I <laughs> sorry. Not your fault. Not your fault. I'm just saying. Oh, God. Just, that was funny. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, You're interrogating your core sample. Go. Yes. To do that analysis, <laughs> yeah. you know, we then want to put the we then want to put the core in a sleeve and then we'll lay it on the ground for later pickup by another mission. And oh. so we are we're actually planning now to pick up the sticks, to Brilliant. pick up the cores. Yeah. Brilliant. And then we're building a Mars ascent vehicle to bring it back. Now it's wow. the analysis of the rock record is forever. If we get it back here on Earth, we can interrogate it, we can we can create theories on hey, we might see different types of life than we expected. The record is here to continue that discussion and then eventually prove your theories or disprove them and, and tell us about what Mars could have, could have uh, uh, harbored life in its past. Wow. So at the risk of stating the obvious, the geologists can see back in time simply because the stratification of geologic forms and structures preserves that. And that is their analog to what we do in astrophysics, whereas we look out in space, we look back in time because light takes time to reach us. So the farther away we look, we can see a, a thousand years into the past, a million, even a billion. So I've always felt geologists were our kindred souls. Uh, one looked at, looks down, the other looks up uh, in this exercise of decoding the history of Yeah, nature. so in the same analogy... You know, astrophysicists look at different frequencies of light, all right, because it tells them different things. When we bring this rock record back, we're going to use different instruments to determine the mineralogy. In other words, how material is put together, the composition of what those nodes are in the mineralogy, cool. the, the state of the matter in terms of uh, what we call isotopes. And so now we can interrogate all those different dimensions because we have the rock record right here at home. So it's a bit of, so it's geochemistry, geochemistry yes. all in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Neil, uh, do astrophysicists ever interrogate the light 
that they find from <laughs> we, when they're, when they're uh, studying one day, space? One day, we will do an explainer video of all the stuff we extract from light. And it is yeah. a stupefying amount of information yeah, contained amazing. within light. Yeah. 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 One, yeah. Well, we'll do that, Chuck. Remind me. Yeah. No use holding out on us, X-rays. We know what you did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we know where yeah, you've been. It's, a, more, it's more the gamma rays you got to watch out for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're right over your shoulder there. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me another question. Maybe we can squeeze one in before we uh, go to the break. This is Rob Carter. He says, hello, I was wondering what protection this rover has from the Mars fine dust after the Mars digger issues last month. This is somebody who's following along, that's for sure. Uh, Is there a way of stopping the dust from gathering on the solar panels? And if so, what's another major issue that the rover will have to overcome? And we will only learn about that after the commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? All right, Rob. Stay tuned. When we come back, more Cosmic Queries on StarTalk, all about... Perseverance on Mars. Hey, it's that time. Time to give a Patreon shout out to the following Patreon patrons Yancey L. Sanford, Tyrell Carson, and Nina Barton. Guys, thank you so much for the gravity assist that allows this show to traverse the cosmos. Without you, we couldn't do it. And for anyone listening who would like their very own Patreon shout-out, please go to patreon.com slash Radio and support us. We're back. Talk, Cosmic Queries. Perseverance. Speaking of perseverance, I, I had nothing to do with this show, but I got to say it. This morning, took my 92-year-old mom to get her COVID vaccine. Okay. Yay. That is amazing. Wonderful. Up at Harlem Wonderful. Hospital. So nice. uh, so there it is, 92, and she's ready. She's ready for more. <laughs> she's ready to rock and roll now. <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> she's ready to rock and roll. She's like, Nia, where are we going? <laughs> Where are we going now? Let's go. Where are we going? We can get out said, the house. I, I said, Ma, I ain't been, I, I don't get my shot yet. Okay. Exactly. My category hasn't come up yet. Okay. So, Chuck, give me some more questions for Jim Green, chief scientist at NASA. Okay. So, when we last, oh, 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 when left, we last off, left off, Rob Carter yes. had asked about the protection of the Mars rover from the very fine dust of Mars, uh, citing the digger issues of last month. Uh, we might, I don't know what that is. And then he says, is there a way of stopping uh, the solar panels from gathering dust as well? And what other issues have you foreseen that uh, the rover will overcome? So those are all of his questions. Kind all of, right. boom. So indeed, Perseverance looks just like Curiosity and it has its own power system. It's using radioisotope power. It's using plutonium-238. And plutonium-238 is really hot. You put this against a thermal couple, which creates a voltage difference, which charges a battery. And then it's like having your iPhone plugged in the wall all the time. All your instruments work. So this can be coated with dust. We don't care because we've brought our own power supply. And you work at night as well, right? It doesn't matter if the sun is up or down, okay? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But what's really exciting uh, from the the question, um, I I think your listener is interested in what's happening also with InSight, which has solar panels. And uh, the solar panels, of course, will accumulate dust, but one really exciting thing that this insight, the name of the the name of the lander on Mars, is seen, is the dust is being blown off, and it's not from it's not from uh, you know the twisters that it has seen. Spirit and Opportunity does, but it's from the same phenomena. It's just not visible. So the atmosphere has these vortices that indeed blow blow the the dust away. And we don't need a dust devil to do it. Well, okay, but how about the how about the machinery and the moving parts? You know, you can't bring anything to the beach 
here on Earth because sand mm-hmm. might get in it, and that ruins right. ev- it ruins everything. You yes, certainly don't want to ride a bicycle on the sand. So th- won't the dust get inside the the moving parts? And isn't that bad? Well, uh, that's a good point. Uh, but indeed, uh, the the rover is really sealed well. And in the compartments uh, that uh, it has, uh, like Curiosity, would be meant to acquire material and then shut off. So um, we don't see that as a problem. You know, it's like keeping your, your windows up and your car doors shut, all right? And, and you can operate well inside, even during snowstorms. Remind me what InSight was? InSight is a lander that landed on Mars in November 2018 and deployed a seismic system that allows us to hear Mars quakes. Cool. And it's measured over 500 of them since then. Mars quakes. Indeed. Uh, And this is telling us a lot about the inside of Mars and the fact that we now believe that Mars, at least partial part of the core, is liquid. We didn't know that before. Very nice. Chuck, keep going. All right, um, let's go to Mikey Taylor from Illinois. How do rovers, uh, most sensitive instruments, survive entry? And is there a chance that they could be damaged? I like that. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a really important question because we now know that we have to build them to be rugged. So understanding that right off the bat is critical in developing the right capability to survive what we call the vibrations and the loads that occur by moving quickly. You know, so there's the launch sequence and the shaking of the rocket and and moving at high G. uh, And then there's the landing, you know, where we're going to go from the top of the atmosphere to the surface in seven minutes. Under going through various loads. So you, once you know that, you have to design it and build it that way and then test it. Right, so, so you have a bunch of shock absorbers for everything built into the structure of the system, right? Otherwise, the accelerations will be felt directly by the, the instruments themselves. You want to absorb that away somehow, I guess. That's, what, that's the task. Well, that's it, one it, method right. of doing that. You know, yeah, other methods mm-hmm. are let it shake. And then you have to build it such that it will withstand those vibrations. In, oh, oh, image okay. stabilization, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, I hadn't thought of, I, I hadn't, forgive me, I hadn't thought about build the sucker so that it can shake and bake. And then right. it doesn't matter. Then you don't have to waste weight matter. on building cushions for it. That's interesting. I like that. Right. I like that idea. Okay. Cool. All right. This is ST20IC says, Will this take better quality photos? So are we talking iPhone 5 or iPhone 12 Pro? <laughs> what, are, what are we looking at? What are we looking at photo-wise? Well, we're indeed looking at the beautiful Mars photos in higher resolution. We're also having uh, high-resolution cameras on the end of the arm so that we can get up really close to the rocks hit them with x-ray, look at the glow, and image that, and really understand a lot about the mineralogy and the composition before we decide to drill a hole and bring back that sample. Wow. Wait, is that that famous alpha proton x-ray spectrometer? Yeah, it's similar. Uh, This is called Pixel. It's designed to zap the rock with x-rays, let it fluoresce, but also image it. Also image that, okay? So is, is that an acronym for something? Pixel? Yeah, because yeah, I'm going to tell you something. In the name department, you guys are losing. Alpha <laughs> Proton, Alpha Proton, uh, X-ray, uh, spectrometer. Uh, spe- X-ray spectrometer. Y'all just love that, that, that instrument. Because it, you know like, just... it sounds like my tax dollars went to do something. <laughs> and, you know, you, you got you to gotta hype it up, Jim. You got to hype it up. You can't just be like, so we got this great technology. It's called Pixel. Uh, you know, no, you got to hype it up. You know, we make make it sound like a a diabolical weapon on Batman, right? Right. Alpha, beta, you know, bio, aqua, do loop, something. All right. So, so this instrument sits on the end of the arm and fires a ray gun at really high intensities, glowing the rock, heating it up and letting it tell us what it, 
what's it it's made of. Give that man Super an extra cool. billion dollars just for there that you sentence. Go. We're gonna call it our <laughs> photo phaser spectrograph. Photo phaser. <laughs> it's our photo yeah. phaser spectrograph. Yeah. Like something that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it sound like yeah. something that would be, be on Batman out of Batman's well, utility it, belt. It, it, it's not the ray gun on stun, you know. It's on kill. That, it's, <laughs> it's on vaporize. Yes, there you yeah, go. Vaporize. <laughs> nice. All, All right, right, Chuck. We, cool. We're we're in lightning round mode right now. So how many see how many questions you can get through? And Jim, okay. you're in soundbite mode. Okay. Okay. Here we go. go Samuel Chuck. King. Samuel King wants to know this. Tell the truth. Jim, is this one of the first steps to terraforming Mars? Hmm. Could be. And the reason why is we're going to learn so much about the environment that we'll then take that knowledge to terraform Mars. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Foundational knowledge. I like that. Good soundbite, too. Got A-plus on that soundbite. Nice. Okay, Chuck, give me another. All right. Seishioshiro, Seishioshiro wants to know this. How do you guys pick the right place to land? We want to go to the best place where we can get samples, and that's why we're going to a delta, an ancient area on Mars where water and sediment is landed on the bottom and created rock. A delta like the Mississippi Delta. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed to have layers. Yeah, because it's been sedimented. Oh, Sediment, nice. And and the and implicit there is, of course, Mars has deltas, right? This is, yeah. this is an interesting fact. All right, yeah. deltas cool. enough for you to pick one to land on. Okay, keep going, Chuck. That's why I love the Martian blues. Okay, so uh, Selku Kilman One says this: What will happen to the other rovers, will they just retire and leave it there as space trash? All rovers mm. and all instruments that are working on Mars, we want to keep them working, keep making new and exciting discoveries until they die. And they will be there for us to explore as humans when we land. And in fact, you might need those to beam signals back to Earth the way... Uh, uh, Matt Damon Mark, did. Matt Damon, Mark Watney. Was that his yeah. name, Mark Watney? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Watney, so you need yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah you need yeah. those in case you have to rewire them and send signals back to Earth. Of course. Duh. Okay, Chuck, <laughs> keep it going. A couple more. Uh, we got time for a couple more. This is Beer Games, who says, Hello, will this rover be responsible for any preparation for humans to travel to Mars? So... I mean, yeah. The answer like is okay. yes, because we have an experiment that brings in the atmosphere and creates oxygen that we can breathe. Ooh. Nice. Well, it's called the oxygenator on the movie The Martian, but we right. call it Moxie on Perseverance. Okay. Oxygenator again, sounds a little better. I was going to no. say, once again, you, you guys got to work on these terms, man. Work Come on. on. Yeah. yeah. You know, oxygenator it's like, sounds way better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have to turn on the oxygenator. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll be back to get it. <laughs> so, you, so what you're doing is you're breaking apart the carbon dioxide molecule. Right. Right. All right. This is Chris Cherry, if you want. Chris Cherry says, what is for this mission? your chief and primary goal? And mm. what is something you secretly hope to discover? Mm. We want to search the past from the rock record to see if Mars could have supported life. And my secret wish is that we find it. Okay. <laughs> What, like a fossil bone sticking out of the, the rock? I mean, what, like, what do you, what do you, what? what? So a creature that crawls out from under a rock? Yeah, no, we don't and, anticipate and, getting fossils. But the chemical composition is just right for which there's potential uh, cells or microbial indications that uh, life could have uh, survived on Mars early okay. on in its history. Okay. All right, I'm going to take host privileges and ask you one last question. Uh, we launched Perseverance to Mars, was it uh, June, was it? In July. 2020? What? July. July. And did anyone else launch at around that time? Because 
Uh, you know, this yes. is the, t- the months over which Earth and Mars are, are nicely configured for just and, that and kind of And can we shoot them down if they <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have, we have the lasers, but they're going to be used on Mars. <laughs> Every 26 months, Neil, you're right, everything lines up where we can launch from Earth and make it to Mars as fast as possible. But we are not the only nation going. So the Chinese have launched a mission to Mars with an orbiter and a lander and a rover, all right? And in addition to that, United Arab Emirates has also launched a mission that will get into orbit and make atmospheric measurements and image the surface. So the road to Mars is open and it's busy. I love that. And are we collaborating? Are we sharing information with these with everybody? So are, I mean, you scientists all love each other. So I mean, we do. Is yeah. that is that happening, or is it more like governments? No, indeed, everyone knows uh, about the other missions. We know when they're going to launch. We know how they're going to operate. You know, for for instance, uh, Perseverance is going to be dropped right onto the surface. You know, we're not going to get into orbit. So it's like uh, hitting a golf ball in New York and having uh, a, a, the ball go in a hole in L.A. You know, it's just one straight shot. The Chinese have a different approach. They're, they will first get in orbit, spend some time there, and then drop their capsule with their rover down to the surface at a later time. Everybody has different tactics. There are different tactics, Yeah. Cool. Okay, so this is great. And it's a reminder that science really, at the end of the day, knows no national boundaries because it is the one true unifying language, not only of us all, but between us and what might be aliens that we greet one day because they will surely be using the same science we are to get around the house and around the backyard. And that's great as long as America wins. (laughs) America. America. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, we got to end it there. Uh, Jim Green, great to have you back on Star Talk. Anytime, Neil. Excellent. Thanks, Jim. Chuck tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic. Keep that Thank going. You, sir. Yes, yes, I am. All right. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you're a personal astrophysicist. As always, bidding you to keep looking up. Yeah.